Faith is an incredible subject in the Bible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, the, the bottom line is, you know, if we want to please God, we've got to have a kind of faith active and alive in our in our hearts. So over the next two or three weeks, Jane and I are going to, well, probably in the next three weeks, we're going to do texting, preaching. Um, I'm going to teach it. Jane's going to put the application to it. And I just trust that, you know, whatever you may be going through, whatever's going on in your life, you'll be able to take from the word, receive it, and apply it to your world. So many of us have heard the scriptures or know the scriptures or we're aware of the scriptures where it says the just shall live by faith. You and I, you know, the fact that we are saved, we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Bible says we were made right with God. We were justified. We were just as if we'd never sinned. Isn't that wonderful? Um, for every single one of us, we can experience that in our life, and we can have that walk with God, just as if we'd never sinned. But it says the just shall live, or they will walk by faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Those two scriptures are scriptures that we're often used um, in teaching and ministering in the area of faith. But there's two more scriptures that are often used. When Jesus was talking with his disciples, he would turn around to them and say, I, where is your faith? Or there is such a lack of faith. And yet when he ministered to other people, like the woman with the issue of blood, like the centurion, he said, I have never seen or encountered faith like this, not in all of Israel. So we know that there are levels and, and variations and, and differences in, in faith. What we do know is that he placed in us, Jesus has placed in us, faith. The faith of God is in our heart. What we do with that faith in our life is like going to the gym. Come on, Jono. Come on, help me. Come on, help me. Come on, son. Give us a flex. No, no, give us a little flex. However, yeah, there we go. There's a little flex. So that's better than what I could have done. So thank you. Go on, give us a... Go on. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> So John needs to go to the gym more. <laughs> I need to go to the gym more to keep up with my son. So if we did an arm wrestle, I, I would lose. There was a time in my life when we could do an arm wrestle and I would win. I, I would beat all of my children. But they were four, five, six, and seven at the time. But what happened is they developed their structure, their muscular ability. Jono goes to the gym and they lift weights, 145 kilo deadlift. It's like, I wouldn't even want to look at it. It would wear me out looking at that on the floor. And it's like, so, you know, it, it, you, you didn't go into the gym and suddenly go, 145 kilos, here we go. It, you worked up to that. Faith in our life, we, we got it, we have faith. Faith has been given to you and I. You know, we're not, we're not, we're saved by grace. And through faith, the gift of God given to us, we didn't do it with our own faith, I'm working my faith up to trust God. No, he gave us faith and grace to believe in him. So it's a gift given to us. But we still need to exercise our faith. We need to, to develop 
the ability to lift the 145 kilos or to look at the giant before us or to, to deal with the issues that we all face in life. And, and it's so important that we as believers have a living faith. Not just, oh well I operated in faith in 1983. Oh I, I operated in faith Oh, many moons ago. No, it's a living faith. It's a daily walk of faith. If you want to become the best in your field, thinking about sport, if you want to become the best in your field of sport, you need to practice. You need to practice the basic fundamentals of sport. You know, when I was a, a, a young teenager, middle-aged teenager, middle-aged, you know, when I was about 15, 16, uh, that seems much easier way of putting it. A middle-aged teenager. I'm a middle-aged man now. Don't say a word. I'm a middle-aged young man. <laughs> By faith. <laughs> so when I was a young man, 16, I used to play snooker. I used to think I was brilliant at snooker. And I used to be in the snooker club on a regular basis, all the time, if I could, and practicing on my own or playing snooker with, with Pete uh, and, and my mates and, and used to absolutely love it. My frustration was not when I played snooker because I was great. My frustration was when I watched it on TV and I saw those that had the ability to practice eight, ten hours a day and be the best that they could. Not just an hour here or two hours there. And when I used to watch Jimmy the Whirlwind White who was my, one of my sporting heroes. I used to watch and I think, he was so incredibly good on his day. Unbeatable, unstoppable. But then there was also a guy at the time called Steve Davis, who was methodical and a bit of a plodder. And he was so, everything was done so precise and with accuracy. Whereas Jimmy would get down the table and whack and, and whack and, uh, and that's how I played and I just used to whack it and people used to say that's a lucky shot. No, no, it wasn't. I, I meant that shot. It hit an extra couple of balls on the way and went in, but you know, that doesn't matter. I meant to try it. And then you had the, the flamboyant Hurricane Higgins who, who just literally, you know, he would... I haven't broken that, have I? <laughs> Hello, hello, yes. <laughs> okay, still working. But yeah, you know, he would, he, he would do anything and he would still pop the ball. And it's like, how did these guys do it? Practice, practice, and more practice. It was the practicing of the fundamental basics of the sport. They didn't practice the wild and wacky. That just came as a natural way in which they played but they practice the basic fundamentals. And I believe as we're if we're going to grow in faith, mature in faith, as the Word of God expects us to do, we've got to practice the fundamentals or the essentials of what faith is in our life. As Romans 1.17 says, it says we go from faith to faith. And I believe that's a progression in all of our lives. You know, if, if you... you, you know, if, if, you were, if, if, if you went through something at one time and you were believing God for a miracle and you got that miracle and you, you really pushed into God, you really 
went for God at that time. And you can see that there was a, a spirituality to your life at that one time. Why is it that we may back off when there's no pressure? Why is it we back off when there's no giant standing before us? These are the moments that we develop our faith so that when the giant comes, we're ready to take him on. Very often, though, as Christians, what we do is, is, is we've got no battle going on right now, and we ease off. We, we take the foot off the brake, and, and we just chill out and enjoy our life and our Christian walk. But I believe it's so important that we're building on our faith. So we're going to look at a few scriptures this morning that I believe will help us understand how we build this in our life. See, the, the snooker players at the top of their game were unbeatable. I want to let you know today, you are unbeatable. There is no sickness that can beat you when you have faith in God. I absolutely do believe that. There is no financial pressure that can take you down when you have faith in God. There is no family situation too big that cannot be turned around when you have faith in God. But how do we get that kind of faith? The woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment and Jesus turned around and said, I've not seen such great faith. The centurion turned around and, and said, you don't have to come to my, my house, just say the word and my servant will be healed. What can, what can we do to get to that place? In our life. I don't know about you, but I want to I keep pursuing God and learning how I can grow in Him. But I do believe it comes with practice. Each and every one of us. Practicing our faith. Practicing time in His presence. Practicing time with Him. Over the last 18 months, Jane and I have been aware of certain statements that people have made. Specifically over these last 18 months. Statements like, I'm standing in faith, or we're trusting God with this. Now, they're great statements to make, and I've written this down. These are either simple Christian statements with no foundational strength attached to them, and therefore they have no real substance. Or you're practicing the fundamental basics of your Christian faith. Because anyone can say... They're trusting God. Anyone can say they have a belief and everything's going to be alright. But the bottom line is, what are you believing here? You can say it, but what are you believing in your heart? Listen to this in 2 Peter chapter, chapter 1, verse 5. It says this. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Complementing your basic faith. So don't lose a minute. We cannot, we cannot for a minute back off. We are in pursuit. We are pressing against the darkness of this world. We cannot just turn around and say, well, the darkness won't overtake. You stop pressing against the darkness of this world and it will overcome you. That's the world in which we live. If you back off from the things of God, the enemy and this world system will begin to overrun. It says, so don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. What have we been given? We've been given the spirit of grace. We've been given faith in our, the faith of God has been placed in our hearts. 
keep on building, complementing your basic faith, complementing it with faith that's going to add to it, build it, strengthen what we have. Another translation puts it this way, for this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith. Come on, church, let's get down to the spiritual gym. You know, you may not go and beat, you know, join John and lay down their gym, but let's get in the spiritual gym and start working out our spiritual life. And, and, and we can't afford to be lazy. We can't afford to allow the circumstances to overwhelm us. We've got to pursue and push in to God in these very moments. So how do I get faith working for me? We were faced with that situation in our life as a couple many times. Um, and Jane's going to share a few of those stories with you. But, and, and Jane's only going to share a few just to highlight some of the, the, the larger areas or the um, personal areas. But do you know what? Every day of our life, we have to have faith working for us. Because the just shall live by faith. How do I get it working for me? Firstly, this. In Romans 10, 17, you may know it already. So faith, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We cannot chuck this book on the side and then pick it up again on Sunday. I know, well, maybe it's your phone because that's what you use for your Bible now. Let's, let's keep the word of God going in our heart. See, how much do we value them? If we knew, if we, if we, if we thought these were, every time you read the word, a hundred pounds would be deposited in your account, in your bank account. How, how many times would you pick up your Bible a day? Come on, let's be real. The, the natural bank account would be a hundred pounds every time. I, I'll tell you what, I, I'll put it down and pick it back up. I'll put it down, put it Now, call me carnal, but you're all thinking the same thing. You would all do the same. But here, it says, so then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. And yet we put it on the side, or we may pick it up and read a, a moment, and then we put it to the side and forget it. Paul said this. Why, and I'm not saying this about anybody in the room, Paul said, why am I addressing you still as carnal or being as babes? when you should be having the meat of God's word. This is so important to our spiritual journey. If you're never picking up the word of God, you're never getting to know the author. If you're never picking up the word of God, it's never a lamp to your path and a light to your way. If you're never picking up the word, you're never growing your faith muscle so that when giant comes into your life, or a valley moment comes into your world, or you're in a wilderness situation. See, I don't think you're going to wilderness situations when the living water is flowing into your life. The washing of the regeneration of the word. I don't understand what that means. It's spiritual. It's, it's, it's beyond me. But we do know that as we apply the word of God, the washing of the regeneration of the word is imparted into our life. The word of God, you want faith to grow. If you're believing for an error in your world, if you're believing for a miracle to take place somewhere in your life, you have to apply God's word. 
The problem is when people said, oh, um, I'm, I'm believing God or I'm trusting in the word, I would turn around to them and say, give me a scripture that you're standing on. And they didn't have an answer. That's presumption. That's spiritual presumption. Church, we cannot operate in spiritual presumption. We need the word of God, which is the anchor to our soul. When the wind is blowing and the storms are coming in your life, we need an anchor. And the anchor is the word of God. It's not just words on a, in a book. It's spirit and it is life. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will endure forever. It's, it's so important, the word of God going in our heart. So faith comes by hearing. Why? Because it's spiritual. It's miraculous. When you put the word of God in you, faith just begins to top up on the inside. I want faith for your life and my life to be topped up constantly in our life. Secondly, faith comes by praying in the Holy Spirit. Jude verse 20 says this. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. When we're praying in the Spirit, that which has been deposited in us, which is faith, and we're building on it because of the Word of God, then when we pray in the Spirit, our most holy faith comes to the surface. In the middle of pressure, in the middle of, of, of moments when, when circumstances are all around, and we begin praying, that which is in us becomes, begins to come out. This, I believe, is so important to the journey of our faith, faith life. No matter what we may be facing, no matter how big the situation may be, no matter what the diagnosis may have been, or the, or the forecast for your life, when we apply the Word of God, the Word of God says, all things will turn around for the good of those who love Him. We can trust God for the promises. The promises of God are? Yes. They are yes and amen. So be it, they are done. They are settled in heaven. Your word is settled forever in heaven, the word of God, the word of God says. It's settled. So when we trust him in the journey of our life, he can then begin to move and turn all things around for the good of those who love him and accord according to his purpose. So what do we need to do? The basic, essential start is to pick up the word and then to begin to read it. Where would, you, where would I say start reading? I personally, I always say Luke first, then the book of Acts, because Luke wrote Luke and then Luke wrote Acts. If you want to know the gospel story and the story in the life of Jesus, read Luke because it starts from... The moment in, 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 the, in Bethlehem when he was born and it finishes um, with, with where we are moving on and then it goes straight into Acts saying this is now where the church is at. If you want, that's where I would say. And then just work your way through the New Testament. And then go back into the Old, 
then go back into the new. Just keep the whole word of God. You may say, but how does this, how does this make faith grow? Faith is spiritual, yes? The word of God is called an incorruptible seed. It's, it's spiritual. It's spiritual seed going into your life. You don't see it. You don't necessarily feel it. You won't necessarily see the results immediately. But if you want healing, you sow healing seed. If you want your family, seeing your family turn around for God, you find seed in the word and you begin to plant it in the ground of your heart. You begin to declare it into the world around you. It isn't enough to know the word. You've got to believe it. There are many people who have learned the word of God. They can quote it. You can turn around, you know, you turn, name a scripture, and they quote that scripture to you, but it's never changed their soul. It's never changed their life. Can I encourage you? Let's not just read it. Let's believe it. And that is what's going to change our life forever. Whatsoever arises in your life, there is a promise in God's word. Jane, you're going to come and join me? Yellow one, I was going to get well, green, green, please. Green. I hope I can keep this still. I am so cold. <laughs> freezing. Oh, dear. Do you know, I love this subject because it has meant a great deal to us in our walk together as, as a couple, um, in our Christian walk together. It's, it's just been amazing. But how to, to get this actually working? I'll tell you my story. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was seven years old. And at seven years old, I mean, some seven-year-olds may be able to read. I couldn't. I couldn't read when I was 11 very well. So the only Bible I had was a, a Bible that I used of my mum's. And it was old King James, so there was absolutely no way I was going to be able to read it anyway. Um, and so I started to pray. I said, God, I want a Bible. I want my own Bible. And I think it was a few weeks later, an old gentleman, Stan Matic, his name was, um, came up to me and he said, Jane, I've got a Bible for you. And it was a big old Bible, but it was a children's Bible. And to me, and I was sharing this on Momentum on Friday, and um, to me, you know, Jesus had blonde hair and blue eyes, which is totally wrong, because, you know, they, they just, that doesn't happen <laughs> where he came from. But to me, it was the Bible, and that's all I knew. And you know, as a child, because I couldn't read, I looked at the pictures. And I looked through, and I looked through, and I got, you know, those pictures got in my heart. And I loved the pictures. And I fell in love with what I saw in that Bible. So obviously, through my life, I journeyed, and I, you know, we met, we got married, and we were on our own journey. And, um, and then there came a point in our lives as a couple that we came across some teaching that changed the way we looked at the Word of God. And it was incredible, wasn't it? It, it was like, I think the only way I can put it is it's like the Word of God came alive in a new way that we would never seen before. A way that we could actually read the Word and apply it to our lives. And because we know God is faithful, 
we could see for him change and turn things around for us. And I think for us as a couple, we fell more deeper and deeper in love with God and in love with Jesus like never before. And the Jesus that we saw in our hearts. Is that, is that picture, can that picture go up? We came across this picture, and you don't often see pictures like this of Jesus. But when we saw this picture, it was like, that's the Jesus I serve. That's the one that I have given my life to, and that I absolutely love and serve. He's a Jesus that is smiling at us. He's a Jesus that loves us. He's a Jesus that, do you know what? He cheers you on. When you're in life, you're going through life, and you're going through situations. That's, to me, what I see in my heart whenever I put my trust in God or I think about Jesus. And um, so the first, I think the first main area of our lives, wasn't it, when, when we really, really needed to trust God. We had many areas. You know, we had financial areas where we had difficulty and, you know, you know just simple things like putting food on the table. Um, but one that really was significant was when I became pregnant with Zach, our third child. And just a little bit of history. Some of you probably already know this story. We've used it quite a lot at times. Um, I've had two cesareans with the first two children. And my second cesarean, you'll have to excuse me, I am shaking. I am so good. <laughs> anyway, so, pull me up. Um, but I was told with the second cesarean that my womb was far too thin and that, naturally speaking, um, I probably couldn't give birth naturally, which would also hinder me from having many children, which was my heart's desire. And so we got to praying, and we thought, God, this isn't right. And this coincides with the teaching that we came in, you know, and, and come across. So we thought, this isn't right, God. This isn't what you've designed for me. You know, my heart has always been to have children, and I long to have. I would have had ten children without me. <laughs> Knowing exactly what they'd said could happen. 
we judged by faith? Well, Camille spoke about this last week, about Sarah. You know, God had given Sarah a promise, and she believed God, and she judged him faithful to be able to do what he said he could do. And we judged God faithful to be able to do what he said he could do. But they actually turned around and said the baby would be born into, into the stomach, and that both the baby yeah. and Joan could die. And, and that's, that's how serious the journey was. But you know, the doctors gave me a report which was a fact. We're not, we weren't denying the fact of what the doctors had said. Not denying that at all. We weren't denying the seriousness of this. So this isn't like hard to do. And I, we would never say to anyone here, or anyone came to us, you do this. Because it's gonna be a journey that you know before God is right. But we had the doctor's report, and we have God's report. And God's report said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. And we held on to that. And there'd be times I'd be walking up to an appointment in the old Blake's hospital. And I'd be walking up there. God is able, and he will. God is able, and he will. God will do this for me. I know he will do this. Because this was a journey that we were on. And I won't go into the rest of the detail because this is just all about how we've, we've seen God do things in our lives and how we've applied the word of God. And later on through the couple of weeks, you will find what happens with that. Then there was another time that we, I think we had four of our children at the time, and um, we were going to go to America. And I had never flown before, so for me to fly, get into an aeroplane, was very scary. And I, yeah, I guess naturally speaking, I was pretty frightened of actually doing this air flight. But I just thought, okay, you know, God, we're just trusting you. We're trusting you that everything's going to be okay. A week before we were due to fly out, we heard on the news that an aeroplane had crashed and over 200 people had died. At that moment, when fear would come in and literally knock me in, how am I gonna get onto this plane? God's word instantly rose up in my heart. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. And it was like, it was like a fountain literally coming up in my heart into my thoughts that actually brought calm into me at that point. Because as a family, we decided that each night we would sit with the children and we declared the word of God, Psalm 91 from the Amplified Version. And we actually read that out night after night with the children to the point we didn't need to read it anymore because it actually became part of us from that. We actually knew it off by heart. We still know it off by heart because it came such a part of us. But you know, when at that point, I needed it because fear had suddenly struck, God's word then came up. But it came up because it was put in. It came up because it was in my heart. God was able to take what I'd put inside me and cause it to come up when I absolutely needed it. You know, in Isaiah, it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. 
You know, that's what happened. We put the word of God in our hearts. We made it ours. And when I needed it, it came up. And that's why we encourage you. You've got to put the word of God into your heart. You've got to have. You, 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 anyone who's going to go on a marathon isn't going to starve themselves for weeks and weeks and weeks because they are just not going to make that marathon. You know, they are going to collapse. They're just not going to have the energy to do it. But it's the same with when you're walking with God and you're trusting him for areas of your life. You've got to have the word of God, which is the bread of life, inside you, inside your spirit, that you can live from and that you can feed on. Um, you know, we are on, still on that journey. Just because we've had areas of our life where we stood and seen God doesn't mean we've got it all together. doesn't mean, because every time is a new time. Every situation we face, new situation, there are things that I am standing on, even now, believing God, that actually he is going to do what his word says. I have scriptures that I am believing for and absolutely applying to my life for certain areas of my life. Um, and then the last one I, I want to share. And again, this is just showing that when you put the word of God in your heart, what effect that will have. And I'd say possibly about four, I know, four or five years ago, I had a doctor's appointment. It was a, it was a checkup. And um, the night before I was actually due to go to the doctors, um, I, um, I couldn't sleep. For some reason, I couldn't sleep. Um, I thought, I'm just laying here. There's no point in laying here. I might as well go downstairs and make myself a cup of tea, which wasn't a normal thing for me to do. So I went downstairs, made myself a cup of tea, just sat in the dining room, opened my Bible, and read Psalm 112. That was it. Didn't think anything of it. Just read it. Finished my tea, went to bed. Then the next day I went to the appointment. And as I was having the appointment done, the checkup done, I heard news I wasn't really too happy with. <laughs> they said that they could see things that they were concerned with. Which, again, you know, I'm not the strongest of all people. Um, my strength is in God. And I'm not a strong person, just because, you know, to, it's not strong people <laughs> that see, you know, you have got to be strong in your character. It's not. I'm not a strong person, but I know who my God is. And so anyway, I went back to the van. Jeff was in there. And I'll be honest, I told him and I burst into tears. But instantly I burst into tears. Psalm 112 came up and I'll read it to you. Because to me, I absolutely love this. And in Psalm 12, 112, verse 7, it says, He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And God brought that up into my heart. Instantly, I started to cry. Because my natural thing is, what is wrong with me? But God brought that up. And it was like I said to you tonight, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's all okay. And it was all okay. You see, when you place the word of God in your heart and you're serious about it, you don't just read it and think, okay, I'm just done my bit today and that's it. When you read it 
And you say, okay, God, I'm reading this. I don't always understand everything I read, but actually I know I'm being obedient in reading your word. And I'm trusting you that in reading your word, that you're going to feed me. You're going to feed my spirit. You're going to feed every area of my life that I need. And when I need you to come through for me, it's going to be inside me already. And I'm going to be able to use that to be able to live by. I think that's pretty much it for today. <laughs> but some of those, you know, yeah, with the stories that we'll share later on as the weeks go, how things progressed. But I want to encourage you. This is my Bible, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I've had days where things haven't particularly gone right, and I'm just all flustered, and it's, and it's like, okay, God, why is nothing going right? Why is everything I'm trying to do just like, ugh? And I actually thought, I know why, because I've not had time with you. And I need to have my time with you. And I'll go and have my time with you and I'll put everything else aside. And I'm not kidding. Seriously, everything else starts falling in place. You know, we sang a song. Um, oh, what was the words? You make my heart come alive. I absolutely love that song. I absolutely love it. Because that's, for me, what the Word of God does. It makes my heart come alive. And when my heart comes alive, it's that picture of Jesus that I see in my heart. It's Jesus that we love. It's the Jesus that is everything to him. The word of God is Jesus. Jesus in heaven was the word of God. And he came to earth to confess. So any time you spend reading the word of God, you are spending time with Jesus. You're spending time with that man, that God, that absolutely loves you. And you're spending time getting to know him. And I tell you, you will reap the benefits. You will never want to not carry on reading. Thank you. Brilliant. And I shall conclude. Because we don't want it just to be stories. We don't want it just to be, we want you to have a foundation. Everyone's probably got a foundation somewhere, but it's one of those areas that we can just let go and we find ourselves coming back to and let go. Faith never stops at the world's conclusions. It goes over and above them because the word of God is the truth. Baseless faith is making it up. Baseless, it, it, you can't, you can't, you know, there are abuses of faith where people say, oh, I, you know, I, I could do with a Rolex watch and they put a demand on the church and, you know, they, they say, you know, let's give a faith offering to the church. And we're not into that. We're not into manipulation. Walking with God and having your own personal journey with him is what's so important. And having a faith-based walk with him, where you know that when the word says something, it's the word of God, it's Jesus saying it to you. And I'm, I'm going to finish with this last, this last scripture. It says this in Romans, 8, uh, sorry, Romans 10 verse 8. But what does it say? 
The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. The word is near you. It doesn't mean it's on the coffee table. It means it's here. It's near you. Anytime you read it, you know, the stories that Jane's been sharing, real stories in our life, it was near her. It was, it was in her already. The word of faith, it was the word that responded. It, it wasn't the natural reaction. It wasn't, oh, what's the word saying? Where's that scripture? That's where you need to start from. Where, where is that scripture? And find it. Then you need to ingest it. Then you need to outlive it. But first of all, you need to find where it is in your life. And you've heard me say this before. If you're, if you're believing for a healing, for you or for somebody else in your life, go to the end of your Bible. In there, if, you're, if it's like my Bible, it's got, it's got a, a, a sort of a, a reference area. You, G-H. I can't turn the pages. My fingers are too cold. Go to, go to the Bible which says about healing. Look at what the scripture says. Find where those verses are. Put them on your heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will begin to speak. It's got to be here before it will come out of here. And you know, that last scripture that I said, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your heart, in your mouth, and, and, and the word of faith which we preach. You're just going to hear story after story. These three stories are just going to continue to rumble for the next three weeks as, as we just share the next part that we'll build on this week's thoughts. So I trust that that's brought some encouragement to you and, and just stirred you up again in your faith uh, today. Um, we're going to finish there. We're going to pray in a moment. Um, but uh, I've got three prayer requests here. I'm going to pray for Claire. Um, giving praise. A praise report. Praise. Or safe return. Ah, pray. Auntie's here already. Sorry, I read it wrong earlier. <laughs> so we're giving thanks that Rosie's got back from Spain. She's um, out there doing missionary work and has done for many years. She's now back over the Christmas period. So that's good. Um, and uh, protection from COVID, which we pray for the Lord for as well. Um, Claire has a neurological appointment, I managed to say it, at QA this coming Thursday. Free, please pray for wisdom um, that they will have an understanding of what they're doing and what needs to be done next, but also for a total breakthrough in her health, which we're going to do. Um, also, we're going to pray for Stephen, who's had a migraine for a fortnight. I can't imagine what that must be like. But we're going to pray for Stephen this morning, and uh, Linda's still recovering from a cold virus as well. Um, we're also going to, I'm going to mention this now, we're going to pray over the offering today. It is the uh, last day of the vision offering. Um, I have the pass. <laughs> we're waiting for the last day of the month uh, or the last day of the, the vision offering if you've not come prepared for the vision offering and you're saying oh, I forgot all about the, the fact that it's a vision offering please put something in an envelope um, saying I'm going to give this much next week You know, just, just for next week if you've forgotten, you've not been with us for the last few weeks um, our vision offering we're believing for £10,000 we are just over halfway um, so today is quite a significant day, and I understand payday is one of, the, one of the last weeks of the month, and you could have all been waiting like me for the last, the last of the month. So today we're going to pray over the vision offering. Um, there's a lot of things that we're hoping to do, um, and just trusting God with that. Um, 
So that's important. So we're going to pray in that area, and um, we're just going to pray in general. So yeah, let's just let's just turn our eyes to the Lord right now. Father, we just want to thank you for your goodness over our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you're, you are watching over us in our coming in and our going out and our rising up and our going to sleep at night. Father, we thank you that you are always there. Lord, I pray that your word today, Lord, let the word of God sink deep into our heart. Lord, may there be a revival in your church of bringing a Bible to church. Lord, put it in, 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 in our hands every day. Lord, revive your word in our hearts, I pray. Lord, we pray for Claire as she goes in to hospital on Thursday. I pray, Father, for miracles to take place between now and then. Lord, that you would move supernaturally and bring correction to, to every area of the physical being that needs correction. Lord, you are the God of miracles. And we just thank you, Lord, for miracles to take place in her life. Lord, we pray for Stephen and for Linda, and we ask, Lord, that you would minister your grace upon them and bring health and strength. And Lord, for the congregation here, Lord, you know every giant, you know every issue, every pain, every hurt, every sickness that's in this room. And in the name of Jesus, every confusion, we take authority over confusion. Father, every family hurt that's going on right now, Father, we take, we just take authority and, and we declare your goodness, Lord, that you, you will reign and rule in, in their lives. Father, that you would move mightily on our behalf. Holy Spirit, right now, would you minister your grace into each life in this room? Spirit of the living God, Fall afresh over every need. Just as I was praying there, the song stir a passion in my heart, Lord. Stir a passion. Father, I just release over this place a passion for your house and a passion for you, Lord. Stir a passion in my heart, Lord. Stir a passion in my heart, Lord. In every heart, every life, every room, Lord, every every household that's represented, Lord, stir a passion in my heart. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Just before we finish, just going to close with this one last prayer. Father. I thank you, Lord, for anybody in this room that's, that's, Lord, that needs to acknowledge you as their Lord and Savior, that today, Lord, that they would choose you above all else. I thank you that you died upon a cross. That same Jesus, that same picture, he came, he lived, he did miracles, he did wonders. He took away the sin of the world. He died upon a cross. He rose from the dead, Lord, that he would make your word come alive to us. Father, I pray every heart would recognize you this day.